I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. From the American Missionary Church, Apostle Joel Obobisa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teaching that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God.
you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That has got to be one of the best songs of, of all time. Father, we thank you for this morning and we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that you visit us. And this time in your word and bless it. Yes. Multiply these five loaves and turn them into more than enough for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful. Please be seated. Amen. Jesus, let me thank you in my own way. shall be given and he that hath not 
from him shall be taken even that which he hath. <laughs> That's a quote from Jesus Christ repeated by Bishop Dag. <laughs> Amen. So um, let's pray. Father, we pray again that you bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Now, this verse is found in the book of Mark, chapter 4, and the verse number 25. Mark, chapter 4, and verse 25. Mark, chapter 4, and verse 25. Now, Mark chapter 4 and verse 25 says that for he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not, he that hath not to him shall be, from him, sorry, shall be taken even that which he hath. Amen. Amen. Now, this verse on face value immediately ruffles feathers <laughs> because it generates the question, how unfair? <laughs> because in life, we are trained to think that it is those who don't have who must be given. And those who have must be prepared to lose to those who don't have so that there will be evenness. Do you see an equality? Yeah. So even when you look at government and how things are set up, things are set up such that in some places, not everywhere, but in some places, you know, you find that as your income goes higher and higher, your tax rate also increases with it. You know, it's like, why should you alone have so much? <laughs> You get it, yeah. Why should you alone have so much? And um, um, when others don't have, you get it. So that's how it works. And so you find that in a socialist system, they usually would take, would cream off all that excess that a person has. And then, um, you know, share it among those who don't have, so that um, there will be evenness. Everybody has something and nobody has too much. But these are the words of Jesus Christ. Very capitalist sounding. <laughs> what do you think? So it sounds like God is a capitalist. <laughs> not saying he is, I'm just saying according to this verse 
it sounds like God encourages those who have to have more. <laughs> do you see? And then those who do not have, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Do you get it? Yes. But don't worry, God has other things in place that will sort those people out also. Like God has blessings for he that gives to the poor. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. So from another angle, the person who does not have will be taken care of. However, God does not restrict people from having if indeed um, they have or practice the things that cause people to have. And indeed, if you don't allow people to prosper and to have, if they have the capacity to have, you know, it ends up bringing poverty to everyone. Do you understand? Yes, because um, not everybody is equally capable of having. Do you see? So at a point, some people must go ahead and be a blessing to those who couldn't run so fast. Do you get it? Anyway, these are the deep sayings of Jesus Christ. You know, but I just want to um, um, share with you um, just a little bit from this. Amen. Amen. Now, we know that one of the main things or one of the main reasons why people have is because um, they have traits and attitudes and behaviors that cause them to have. Do you get it? Yes. People um, have things about them, whether we like it or not, that cause them to have or cause them to lose even what they have. Do you get it? So when a person is like that, even an inheritance does not make a difference. Even a gift does not make a difference to the person. You know, recently I saw somebody uh, and, um, you know, person gave me a ride in his car and I saw how dirty the car was. You know, like totally ruined. <laughs> You know, and I was explaining to the person that, you know, this is, it's, debt is different from age. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. Your car looks the way it looks, not because it's old, but because it's dirty. Wow. Do you understand? But the debt in your car can make you think you need a new car. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, because even you hate what you have created. 
that whole environment makes you feel like you are impoverished. You see, yeah, because sometimes poverty, you know, looks, or rather uncleanness looks like poverty. Do, 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 do you get it? Because the two are kind of neighbors. <laughs> you, you see the thing? They, and they are sometimes found in the same place. You see? But there are some people who are able to clearly separate the two. That I may not have, but what I have is enviable. You get it? It's clean. It's still beautiful. And you might even want it. Do you understand? Yes, I think about, think about some of the classic cars we see around. Many of those cars are older than many of us. You get it? But they are able to stare up, you know, in people like Pastor Charles. <laughs> Not me, Pastor Charles. <laughs> You get it? They are able to stir up in such people a certain longingness, you know, and some occasionally when one or two of them are passing here, you see Pastor Charles and his friends. <laughs> They'll be standing here. <laughs> you know, leaning over that, you know, thing there and looking at the car longingly. <laughs> Even though it's old. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we need to understand that poverty is not the same as mishandling things. It's not the same as not looking after things. It's not the same as um, dealing with things in a way that it causes you to lose them. Do you see? Yes. And you find that one of the reasons why people have is because they have a thing about them that causes them to have. And that thing remaining, even if you take whatever it is away from them and give to the poor, that thing is going to find its way back to them because they have a way about them in their attitudes and behaviors. You see, that causes those things to come to them. Then, for those who do not have, you also find that they have a thing about them, do you see, that causes them to lose even what they have. So even when you take from the one who has and give it to them, that quality remaining with them causes them to lose what they have. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Let's just take a very simple you know, example like the one who has tends to lock his door so thieves can't break him, right? And so he has. You see, then you take from him and give it to the one who doesn't have. And they also have a thing about them. They don't lock their door. So they got something, but they still don't lock their doors. So thieves are able to break in and take away whatever they are. I think you understand what I'm saying. Yes. So we're trying to go a little bit into some of the traits 
that cause people to have, do you see, whose absence also causes people not to have. Hallelujah. So, um, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 5, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, you know, as interesting as this message sounds, it's going to end suddenly. <laughs> yeah. You see, Second Peter chapter 1, have you found it? And verse 5. It says, and beside this, all right, maybe we can start from verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Amen. Amen. This is a very beautiful verse. The Bible says, his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Amen. Amen. Means you are sorted out. God's power, you know, it's, it's set to download into your life all things that pertain to life. Everything that pertains to life. God has decided to give it to you. Amen. Amen. Pertains to life means has to do with life. It means it's necessary for living, isn't it? It, it goes with living. If you, if, you are, if you are living or are alive, you need those kinds of things. Do you understand? Oh, yeah. Yes. And he says he's going to give it to you through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. What it is is that he has called us to glory. Glory means beauty. Yeah. God has called us to enhance us, wow. not to deprive us. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the first thing you can get wrong about Christianity is that when you give yourself to God, you're going to lose something. That's the first mistake many people make about Christianity. That serving God, serving God causes you to lose. Do you see? So you find a lot of people running away from God because they feel God is taking away something from them. Do you see? But the truth is that, yes, some things you have to lose, you have to forego, because those things don't give life. For example, when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he told them, everything here you can eat, but this one, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Why? Because when you eat it, it will zap out your life. Do you, do you, do you get it? So sometimes giving to someone is by taking from the person. Does it make sense? To give them life, he had to restrain them from taking or eating a particular thing. You know, so, you know, living is not just from having liberty to do everything. Do you understand? Yes, you, you are not alive only because of what you get to do. 
you are also alive because of what you are not allowed to do. Does it make sense? Yes, you are alive because of what, in fact, especially the younger you are, the younger you are, the more vital your restrictions are. <laughs> to, to growing up to experience a full and fulfilling life, you know, yes. You need restraints because we are all wired to choose and do the wrong things. Don't you wonder how many wrong things, even a little baby who crawls, you just set her down, you know? Yes. There's one guy in this church like that. As soon as you set him down, you know, and, and the thing I found out about him is that he doesn't forget what he was doing before. <laughs> you get it, yes. So sometimes he would come and he would be trying to mess with these books, right? His dad will come and grab him and take him away to do something else. And you would think it would erase the memory of what he was doing before. As soon as he is released, when he's, he comes right back to these books, you get it, because he has not forgotten that this is what I was doing before. It's a very interesting guy. Handsome guy with an afro. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you see that right from when we start, we seem to have a tendency towards what we shouldn't do. That is why one of the first words we hear is, no, stop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you see? Yeah, stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. And sometimes they look surprised. Is stop it my new name or what? Because it's like everything I do, I hear the word stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You hear that all day. <laughs> So when they also start to speak, their first words are no. <laughs> you get it? Yes, because they think no means hello. <laughs> you see, but soon you realize that they connect it. And when they say no, it's appropriately used. Do you see? Yes, it's because, we are, it's because of the sinful nature in us. We come ready to disobey. We come wired to go contrary to how we should go, you know. So if we are left, we are all naturally disobedient. And we are all going to do the wrong thing, even without any teaching or any help. Are you getting the picture? Yes. But the Bible says that his divine power, God's power, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness and it is through his knowledge it is through knowing him that means the more you advance in your christian life you know the more access you have to those things that pertain to life and godliness amen the more you know god you know and the further you go with him the more access you have to the things that pertain to life and godliness 
It's through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. God did not call us to embarrass us. God did not call us to take away from us. Anybody who told you that being a Christian means you're not going to have fun anymore, you know, yeah, got it wrong. They lied to you. You get it? Yes. Yes, being a Christian will change some things. What it will do is redefine fun. Do you understand? Yes, it will redefine fun and expose those fake things that pose as fun but which are actually destructive tools for your life. That's what Christianity will do. Christianity will now remove the veil. Do you understand? Because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. So when a person is not saved, you know, show us that verse. I think it's 2 Corinthians, um, is it chapter? Let me, let, let me get that verse. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of chapter 4 or something like that in verse 10. Is that correct? 4, 4, right. Right? Look at it. In whom? Now, let's, let's go to the verse 3. Verse 3. It says, but if our gospel be hid. Can you see that? It is hid to them that are lost. Amen. That means when, if, if, it says, if somebody is not saved, that is when the person is lost. You see, the gospel is hid for, from them. They cannot see the gospel. They cannot see the good news. That's why they remain lost. Do you understand it? Then the next verse. The next verse is explaining how come they can't see it. They can't see it because the God of this world, you see, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Look at it. It sounds like if a person is normal with a mind that is not blinded, he should believe the gospel. He should believe the gospel. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Who doesn't want to be saved? Who doesn't want to go to heaven? Why should you not even want to go to heaven? Even if it's false. <laughs> no, think about it. Think about it. Because there are a lot of things we don't have any way of really believing. When someone buys a lottery ticket, how does he even know he's going to win? Do you get it? Because your chance of winning the lottery ticket is one in so many. Yeah. But, but people do it in faith because even the imagination that, you know, if, 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 if yeah. You see, there's, there's some joy in living in the chance. You know, yeah, for the week that it lasts until the numbers come. You get it? Let's say you buy your ticket on Monday, the numbers will be released on Saturday or something. I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, you feel good. <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> yeah. You imagine what you're going to do with it, isn't it? Yeah. You drive by some apartments and you say, ha, I'm getting one of these. You know, some guy cuts you off in his Mercedes convertible and you say, this is your last time. <laughs> you just wait for me. 
You see, you see someone driving a G-Wagon or something like that. You say one of those two. You know, you drive on the highways counting and redefining your garage. Yeah. Until Saturday comes and you realize it was not so. But it's been a great week. <laughs> it's been a great week. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So even the prospects of going to heaven should excite somebody. You understand? Just like the prospects of going to hell should frighten anybody. And again, in life, people believe in many things, you know, that are scary, but which are not true. You see? But they live in fear of those things. You see, yes, because it's kind of reasonable to imagine that that's what is happening. Like you wake up and you feel some pain somewhere in your part of your body. You start to think, you know, is this the end? Maybe this is it. This is how that person felt. And eventually it led to his death or her death. Is that my turn now? What's going to happen? Your whole day is spoiled. Your whole week is spoiled. And you are living in fear. And it's not true. You just need to change your mattress. <laughs> or get a pillow. $14 at Walmart will solve that problem. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So if you are normal, if you are normal, you can see that negative things frighten you and positive things excite you yeah. if you are normal and thinking correctly so the prospect of going to heaven as an escape from hell if it's not exciting for you as a normal person then it is likely that you are suffering from a condition called mental blindness do you see what I'm saying Yes, and the one who causes mental blindness, the Bible calls him the God of this world. The God of this world. And you can see that it's a small G there. That's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, that's not the one that we are talking about. We are talking about the God of this world. The God of the systems of this world. Do you understand? Yes, the Bible, you know, just jump from this. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 a little bit. Ephesians chapter 2. And let's expose this God a little bit, you know. As our time is almost up already. But Ephesians chapter 2, now in verse 1. He says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein in time past ye walked Excuse me. Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Can you see that? Can you see? This is a similar verse. It's talking about people being under the influence of something beyond themselves. Yes. So he says, in time past, before a person is, is made alive in Christ, his life 
follows the course of this world. Do you get it? You do what you do. I mean, you're wearing what you're wearing because that's what's trendy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even know who creates what is trending. <laughs> we, we don't know who arranges these things. Yeah. You get Pastor Charles, come. Look, look at Pastor Charles. You see, come. Look, look at this. You see, when, when, when I was growing up, this meant poverty. <laughs> and craziness. Insanity. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. But now, you see, it's trendy, isn't it? And it's very expensive. In fact, the ripped one costs more than the one that's together. You could actually make some money buying ones that are not ripped and cutting them and reselling them. <laughs> you get it? Yes. And when it's ladies' ones, the more dangerous the cut, the more expensive it is. Yes. The higher the cut. You get it? As you bring it up, 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 the more expensive it is. <laughs> I mean, who is doing all this? Do you see? Yeah. But there is something. There is a cause of this world. And when it's a cause, you, you don't have a say in how it goes, where it turns. You turn with it. You see, it forces you to turn with it. It's like a track that you follow. Do you, do, you, do you understand? Yes, it's a track that you follow. And as you follow it, it takes you to the left, it takes you to the right, takes you to the left, takes you to the right, and that's how it goes. And it says, we walked according to the course of this world, and by walking according to the course of this world, we are walking also according to the prince of the power of the air. There is a power of the air, whether you believe it or not. There are a whole lot of things that don't need you to believe to be true. Isn't it? Like fire burns whether you believe it or not. Fire has never required anybody to have faith in it to burn them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. According to the prince of the power of the air. Now, so the cause of the world is designed by the prince of the power of the air, and he is the same spirit. You see, his other designation is the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So there is a spirit at work in people who walk in disobedience. That spirit is the same as the prince of the power of the air, and he also determines the course of this world. So that's how come eventually in 2 Corinthians 4.4, he becomes known as the God of this world. Does it make sense? The God of this world. Now, what has he done? He has blinded the minds of them which believe not. He has blinded the minds so when a person is not saved, they suffer from mental blindness. Yeah. Do you see? 
blinded the minds of them which believe not. And the reason is, lest the light of the glorious gospel, the gospel of Christ is described as glorious, glorious, magnificent, beautiful, beautiful. The gospel is beautiful. But the reason why people can't see the beauty of the gospel is because of the blindness they experience. And yes, you know, when you're blind, you can't see light. You can't see beautiful things. Honestly, imagine if you were to lose your sight. Just imagine if you couldn't see. Try it, everybody just try it, just do this. Just imagine. Now remember, remember that as you've done this, remember that this room is completely lit. How is it that you just see darkness? Do you see what I'm saying? You can open your eyes now. <laughs> yes. How is it that you were seeing darkness? Because you were blinded. You're blinded. You see, and so when you don't believe in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Do you see, Christ represents God. So embracing Christ is embracing God. Do you understand? And he says, there is a light beaming from Christ already, just like these lights are on already. In fact, all you had to do was remove your blindfold, you know, to see the light. You didn't turn the light on. The light has been on all this time. It was your blindness that was stopping you from seeing any of the light. And so when the cause of the blindness was removed, immediately the light, you can see so much light. Yes. And with no effort from you, you can see there's just so much light here already. So the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's what the devil doesn't want people to know. Wow. Yeah. Are you getting the picture? Yes, the devil doesn't want people to know Christ. He doesn't want people to know God. He wants to blind people to that experience. He would block it with anything. He makes the world more attractive. He makes the systems of the world, the behaviors of the world, he makes everything so much more attractive that people tend not to see the light of this glorious gospel. Jesus is so much better. Amen. Knowing Jesus and living in him is so much better. But people cannot see that because they are totally blinded by the God of this world. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So when you go back to um, the Peter scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, you see that the Bible is saying that God has given us all things. Oh, Pastor Charles, thank you. Yeah, you see. Please, if you have any old stuff that are ripped, please bring them to <laughs> Reverend Charles. 
<laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Now, back to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, his divine nature has divine power, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So he has called us to what? Glory and virtue. He has not called us to poverty. He has not called us to being impoverished. He has not called us to embarrassment. He has not called us to shame. He has called us to glory, 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 and virtue. Virtue is good things. <laughs> good things in a person. Do you understand? So God's aim is to improve us. Anybody who comes to Christ should see an improvement in his life. You get it? Your best life is actually in Christ. You know, and the Bible says the more we look at him, the more we, you know, 2 Corinthians 3, 18 or 2, 18. 2 Corinthians, you know, 2 Corinthians. Yeah. Oh, yes. 3.18. It says, but we all, we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Do you see? Now, I know you probably don't understand this, because <laughs> I can often tell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? But I'm talking about the, no, you know, can you toggle between this verse and the verse we were reading before? First um, Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Okay, now, this one says, but we all, go to the Second Peter first, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us, unto, called us to glory and virtue. Do you see? It means the more you know him, you know, he has called us to glory and virtue. God has called us to improve us. God has called us to make our lives beautiful. God has called us to make us better people. God has called us to help us and to put us in a better place. Do you understand? Now, it says that it comes, that, so the more you know him, the more access you have to the glory and virtue. Isn't it? Yes. Now, in the other verse, in the other verse, the Bible says when we, we with open face, like we, we are open to him and without prejudice, we look at him, you see, it says we behold, we with open face beholding us in a glass. This glass here is not like a drinking glass. Mirror. Do you understand? Think of a mirror. He's saying that we are looking at him as like someone looking in a mirror, you see, he says, we are beholding the glory of the Lord in the mirror, you see, and we are changed into the same image we are looking at. Can you see that? 
Yes, from glory to glory. So we're supposed to look better and better and better. And it says it happens by the Spirit of the Lord. By the Spirit of the Lord. You can't change yourself. You can't change. It is the Spirit of the Lord that changes us. And that's how come when people give their lives to Christ, you find their lives changing. If they are serious with Christ, if they are serious with that step, you know, they can't help but change. Yes, they can't help but change. You see a drug dealer who has become a pastor. Yes. And, and he's living without drugs, something he never imagined he could be weaned off. And you see him living without it. Yes. And his life getting better and better and better and better. It's because the Bible says we are changed into the image that we are seeing in the, in the glass. And we, as we follow and pursue God, that's why the Bible says, as, as you get to know God more, as you get to know God more, you know, you have more access to the glory and virtue that he has called us unto. Listen, God didn't call us to make us worse than we were before. Are you following what I'm saying? God didn't call us to make us worse than we were before. God called us to make us better. Your life in Christ is supposed to make you better. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. But then you'll find that there are things you must do. You see, there are things you must do because... No matter what, you know, there are very few blessings that come to a person without the cooperation of the person. There's always some little part you must do. You know, even if I put food in your mouth, like I do you that huge favor of buying the food, cooking it, serving it, and even feeding it to your mouth, you owe yourself swallowing. (laughs) Do, do, Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You owe yourself, even if you decide not to chew. Because <laughs> there are some people who, who, they don't want to do anything. Not even to chew their own food. Yeah, so let's say you're going to swallow it. I did the chewing for you by, by uh, you know, mashing it or putting it in the food processor. And it's all set. You get it? Then I even connect a tube from it into your mouth. So you don't have to open your mouth too much. Because that's also a problem for you. All right. So now the food having arrived in your mouth, you still have to contribute swallowing. Do you see? Yes. So if you're not willing to swallow, nobody can help you. Do you you understand? Yes. And when you force people to swallow, they choke. They choke on the favor you're doing them. The help you're giving to them will kill them. (laughs) If they don't cooperate. If a person does not put out something, you see, as his contribution, if he has no skin in the help you are giving to him, that help chokes the person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, that's why you see a lot of people who are helped, but they are helped without any contribution from them. Do you see? Yes. You see many countries are helped 
without them doing anything, a lot of things are just sent to them, you find what was sent to them is what actually destroys them. For some people, even what is sent to them, it hatches out a new, you know, something about corruption. I mean, it's, it's like a new basis for being corrupt and all kinds of things. The place is now worse for the good thing that was done for them. So always, you know, you need to add, something needs to come from you. Do you understand? Something needs to come from you. So that is what launches us into verse 4. And verse 4 says, go to verse 4. Verse 4 says that, um, is it coming? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Amen. He's saying that God has given us exceeding great and precious promises, so that by these being the promises, right, you might be partakers of the divine nature. So the divine nature, you know, which is the nature of glory and virtue, to which we have been called. Do you understand? He says, we access them by promises. You see, so it's like somebody tells you, come to, come, come to me, I'll give you a beautiful life. You know, that's just said in general terms. But what do you mean by beautiful life? Yeah. Then they have to tell you, I'll change your hair. Mm. Do you understand? I will change your, your nails. Do you see? You know, have you seen any of those uh, TV shows where there's, they make a, a makeover of somebody? Oh, yeah. Yes. Usually, they are changing not just one thing, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yeah. Including even what the person wears, yeah. right? So first of all, we're going to chop off your hair. You see, and so you see somebody whose hair has not been done for so many years. The person is actually afraid of herself without that hair. You see, so they chop off the hair, then they color it, then they do the nails, then they do this, and they do this, and they do this. What I'm saying is that to, to, to become what they, God wants you to become, it's a process. Do, 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 do you get it? Yes. And so God has outlined a number of promises, you see, which one by one produce the new image. Do you understand? The new image that reflects the divine nature comes one by one, you see, through the promises he has made. You see, so he says, I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. If you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. All those promises, you know, they, by those promises, he says, we'll become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You get it? Yes. That's really what everybody in the world eventually sees corruption and is destroyed, you know, by even that same worldly life. Right. So verse 5, verse 5 then says, beside this, okay, so apart from that, in what we saw in verse 4, giving all diligence, you now must add to your faith. 
Do you, do, you, do you understand? It's not enough just to believe, but you must add to your faith. And the first thing he's saying that is that, first of all, giving all diligence. That means with all seriousness. Yes. So this is the first explanation why some Christians never see that glorious life. Do you, do you understand? Is that there is no diligence. They are not serious. They are not serious. They are Christians, but they are not serious. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. A Christian should be able to go to church, for example. But you find some Christians, they will not even go to church. You get it? Yes. You are not preaching. You're not even the one singing. You're not doing anything. Just come and sit and be ministered to. But some people will not even lend themselves to that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So no matter what God has for them, you know, that's what it starts. It says, beside this, you know, let's read beside what? Let's go to verse 4 again. <laughs> verse 4 again. Whereby are given unto us, you know, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these great and precious promises, right, we might become partakers of the divine nature. And the divine nature by now we know is full of glory and virtue. The divine nature is glory to glory to glory to glory. Are you getting it? Yes. He says that since we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, you know, now God wants to beautify us. You know, we have escaped whatever was giving us that old look. And God wants to improve our look and improve our lives. Can you see that? Yes. Then the next verse, verse 5, he says, And beside what God is going to do, do you see, beside what God is going to do, you giving all diligence first. It means you have to be serious. Tell your neighbor, let's be serious. <laughs> do you see the thing? You have to be serious about God. You have to be serious about following him. You have to be serious. You have to define your new life, you know, very well and say that, look, I am now a child of God. I am now going to follow Jesus Christ. My year is my year. It's not one foot, you know, in the Lord, then another foot in the world. You know, one leg to the... One leg to them. No. You get it, yeah. Everybody go down low. Good. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Christianity will have some basic requirements of you. Do you, do you get it? Yes. And you will have to say no to some things. And you will have to give diligence to some things. Yes. At least try. Just be serious. Say, Lord, I'm serious about my walk with you. I intend to follow you. I intend to serve you. Yes. 
And Lord, if you are real, I read something the other day. Somebody prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. Yeah, he said he prayed to the Lord and said, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. You know, and God, you know, did some fantastic things, you know, which caused him, you know, to know that God, God was real. And in his own way, God knows how to meet people where they are. God knows how to meet you where you are and convince you that he is who he is. God doesn't have a problem when people question his identity. Yeah. God doesn't have a problem with anybody. <laughs> you see, anytime somebody asks, who are you, Lord? God will answer. <laughs> you get it? Yes. Moses met God somewhere and he asked God, who are you? He says, my name is I am that I am. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You get it? Yes. And even the way he asked the question, you know, because he didn't want it to look like he didn't have faith. He said, when I go and they ask me who sent me, (laughs) you know, what am I supposed to tell them? (laughs) You just tell me something to tell them. Yeah. And then when they told him, then that's when he himself got to know his name. His name is I am that I am. He said, which one is the first name? Which one is the last name? I don't know. But just repeat it the way you heard it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Apostle Paul, he saw a great light in the middle of the street. You see. And he had his name mentioned in that light. So he responded, who are you, Lord? At that time, he didn't even know it was the Lord. But he thought, you know, it's better to err on the safer side. This can't be a demon or a devil. So he said, who are you, Lord? Then Christ shamelessly answered, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That's my name. God is not afraid of introducing himself to anyone at all. At all. But God wants people who are serious. Do you see? God wants people who are serious. That they are not using Christianity as a cover. That they are not just here and there with it. They're not trying to serve two gods. They're not trying to have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. They're not trying to use Christianity for some advantage. People who have played those games with God have often lost. Yes, you lose. Like one brother was saying yesterday, he said he went into the church to go and chase a girl. Yes, now he's a shepherd, he's becoming a pastor. See, this, this is how God works. <laughs> See, he doesn't like these type of things. So he came to the church following some girl, you know, trying to pretend to be a Christian just to see if he can get his way around the girl, you know, and then God arrested him for real. You see, now he didn't get the girl. He's, God is now trying to make him work for him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you have a role to play. And your first role is the role of diligence. You have to be serious. You have to be hardworking. Christianity is hard work. Christianity, and it's not just Christianity, anything is hard work. To move yourself from wherever to any place, you have to commit at least to moving these feet. That's the only way to get to some place. Otherwise, your life would depend on others. And when your life has to depend on others, you are stuck. 
Jesus met somebody who was by a pool. And by this pool, people experienced miracles. The guy had been there for 38 years of watching other people experience miracles. But he hadn't experienced a miracle. His reason was that he didn't have anybody to push him into the water. <laughs> you see, that's a problem. If people have to push you before you enter the water, then your miracle is going to take 38 years to come. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he said it. That he said anytime when he is coming, somebody runs behind him and jumps into the thing first. Yes. See, there are self-propelled people, and then there are people who have to be taught. Yeah. Do, do, do you get it? You see, like when you see those RVs, there are two kinds. There's the RV that is a trailer that needs someone to tow it. It never goes anywhere by itself. Do you see what I'm saying? Then there is the RV that has an engine in it. Do you, do you understand? Those are called class A's. They are like a bus. They have an engine in them and they go where they want to go. They don't wait for anybody to tow them to any place. God wants you to be like that type of person. You must move yourself to the place where God wants you to be so you can experience what God has for you over there. Do you understand? You say, but I'm crippled. So how do I move? That's where God sends you a helper. Do you understand? The problem is when you are told and you are refusing to move. Because there are some people like that. You get it? where even when the tow truck comes, <laughs> they will not move. You want to organize a prayer meeting for yourself. So one is set up for you called flow prayer meeting. Oh. But you still won't come. <laughs> you get it? Yes. A link. All you have to do is just to tap. Like literally. Literally. All, you are just a tap like that. Do you see? Yes. And it puts you right into the prayer meeting. But you won't do it. Do you see? So it is no wonder that our lives are often so far from the glory. Do you understand? Yes. Mind you, there's someone who's committed to destroy you. You get it? The lust that is in the world produces corruption. Isn't that what the verse said? Yeah. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Yeah. You get it? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You get it? Yes. So a lot of the things we want, their end game is corruption anyway. Yeah. You get it? It's just that often we haven't traveled so far down that road. And so we haven't experienced the corruption that is at, at the end. You see, but there are many things that are at the end waiting for us. Yeah. Do you get it? Yes. I have this habit of sometimes ignoring my GPS. Because I think I know this is a shorter route. <laughs> you get it? Yes. And one time when the thing said, he said, if you take this route, it's going to take you this long. So take this other route. It looks longer, but it's actually shorter. It will take a shorter time to get there. And I said, what? How can this road 
be longer than this one. So I ignored it and I took the road. Well, the GPS had no choice. It just readjusted itself and followed me. Yes. Then soon after I had taken the road with no more opportunity to take this one, then it began to draw a red line. <laughs> I'm quite sure I'm not the only person. <laughs> yes. It began to show me all the red, red, red. I said, why didn't I see this? Yeah, because the map had not reached there. <laughs> yes, because there are some things you can't see from where you are. It's just that way you can't see it from where you are. But if you travel far enough down the road, you'll be surprised how much redness is waiting for you down the road. You know what, I'm gonna end here and we'll continue next time all right so stand to your feet because our time is up <laughs> right hallelujah he that hath he that hath to him shall be given and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which is which he hath this is the book with the longest title <laughs> ever. If you don't have a copy, I want to recommend that you get a copy. Actually, if you come and see me after church, I'll organize one for you. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, make sure. But this book is going to change your life. Amen. And it's going to help you access the life that God promises in him. According as his divine nature has given us all things his divine power, I'm sorry, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. Amen. Everything that will help you access life and access godliness, God has put it in Christ for you. Amen. Amen. God wants you to live a godly life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God wants you to live a godly life and he has made the provision for you. You can do well in Christ, you know. You don't have to be this wishy-washy Christian who is today a Christian and tomorrow something else when people are not so sure about who you are. You don't have to do that, you know. God has made the provision, you know, that by his divine power and through the knowledge of him, you will be able to live that godly life and access all things that pertain to life and godliness. Your future in Christ is glory and virtue. Amen. Everybody say, I'm destined for glory. Say it again. Say, I'm destined for glory. Say it one more time. I'm destined for glory. Say, I'm destined for beauty. I'm destined for an enviable life. Oh, yes. You are. You are. Yes. It's supposed to get better and better. Not worse and worse. It's supposed to get better and better. Not worse and worse. Hallelujah. And your first donation to that effort 
from you is diligence. Amen. Yes, giving all diligence. Give it all diligence. Give your Christianity all diligence. Amen. Give your Christianity all diligence. Make the time to pray. Make the time to read your Bible. Make the time to attend services. Make the time to witness to other people. These are the four things somebody taught me when I gave my life to Christ many years ago. He said, if you want to grow in the Lord, these four things will help you. Number one, read your Bible every day. Number two, pray every day. Yes, you pray every day. Because, you know, prayer is important, you know, for the habit first than for the content. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The habit will give you the relationship. You know? Yes. Do you see how sometimes somebody introduces you to someone? Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Never spoken before. And the person makes that first phone call. You don't even know what to talk about. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. But you make that call anyway. And it's the beginning of the relationship. Yes. You just make that call and talk and ask, you know, how are you? Well, so-and-so gave me your number, you know. And um, I just thought I'll give you a call. So what are you up to, you know? Then you start to talk. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you start to talk and you start to throw it. If you don't know what to say, then it starts, do you have a dog? Have you ever had a dog? If they say yes, ask next, what color is it? And if they say it's black, ask why is it not brown? Because brown is my favorite. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why I called you was your amazing brown color. <laughs> I'm right through. <laughs> I'm, I'm into brown. All shades of brown. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. God wants to help you. You know, don't believe the devil. He's blinded people's eyes to what is waiting for them in Christ. Do you see? Yeah. Look, people are roaming the streets as killers, murderers, drug dealers when some of these people are pastors. Like many years ago, I was blessed to attend a program somewhere with the prophet, Bishop Dag, and one of the guys who had come as a speaker to that program was a man from Texas. And this man said to us that he had been to prison before. He spent a good amount of time in prison and we asked 
you know, how long? I think he mentioned some, you know, quite a long time. For what? He said he killed somebody. Yeah. It's a former killer. You see, then he said that they put him in prison. And in the prison, somebody who was actually one of the people who had come to speak at that meeting, the man's name is Don George, you know. He came to the prison and he came to preach there. And this fellow gave his life to Christ at the prison. Then he continued his walk with Lord in the prison. Then suddenly there was a time when they did some kind of lottery or something because they said the prison was overcrowded and they were going to release some people and they did something and he was one of them and he was out. And when he came out, he continued his life went to Bible school, he trained under this Don George and became a pastor. Now, he said that he had been involved in building churches. And at the time, he said something like, an outrageous number, he had been involved in building about 200 churches in Kenya or East Africa somewhere, you know. He had done all of that and I was just thinking you know every time I remember that person I just think the devil is so wicked he can give you a life that is such an extreme opposite to what is in you and who you really are and what you really can do I mean look at this man he's an international speaker you know he had traveled all the way to that country where we were to speak he had been invited as a speaker to that program the alternative to his life is that he was languishing in prison. Yes. He would have been incarcerated and because he was in there for life or something like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. One funny thing he told us was when a guy came to date his daughter, he, when the guy was taking the girl out for the first time, he just called him back and just told him, Oh, you know, I just want you to know I've killed somebody before. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just thought you should, you should know this about me. That, this, this is in my history. Just <laughs> don't be confused by the Bible. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my history. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, you see. But you see, look, look, look at how great such a person has become. You see. And he's spending his life smoking joints, spending his life, you know, dodging the police, always having something to hide. You know, pushing things into his body. You know, you know sometimes when you're healthy, you take it for granted. You think that you're supposed to be healthy. You get it? Such that you start destroying your life, overtasking your kidneys and your heart and so on. And then suddenly the scales fall off your eyes when those things are going off. And you start to claim them back and you realize they are gone. You've drunk way too many things. You have such, your kidney has been drunk for years. And that intoxication has destroyed it. 
And that's just about when you realize its value and you want it back. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't destroy it. Don't destroy it. If you're a young man, don't destroy your life following women and chasing after the opposite sex. It's the same for men and women. You know, um, um, Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 3. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 3. You know, Proverbs chapter 31 is usually a woman's verse and, and chapter. But look at this one. There's a small one there that gives men some advice. It says, give not thy strength to women. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's, it's not pleasure to women. Give not thy pleasure to women. No, it's not give not thy happiness to women. No, it's costly. Womanizing is costly. It, the real cost of womanizing and being sexually promiscuous is strength. And strength means anything. You get it? Strength is the thing that we use for defense. Do you understand? Yes. Your defense is your strength. When you lose your strength, you've lost your defense. So everybody's strength is their defense. And everybody's defense is their strength. And when you've lost your strength, it means you've lost your defense. And when you've lost your defense, it means you are now a victim. Do you understand? Yes. You now become vulnerable. Anyone can have you. Anything can have you. Anything can destroy you because you have no strength. And sometimes you should wonder which strength, because the things that defend you are more than one. So which strength are you losing? And you see that it ranges from your money to your health to your relationships. Do you see? To jobs and sometimes to your future itself. Your future itself. You get it? Sometimes you have an opportunity ahead of you and then your history comes to cancel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you've been before, what you've done before, makes people scared of you. They can't trust you. They're afraid of you. Do you understand? Yes. And these days of social media and so on, you know, you, you can't easily remove your footprint on there. I mean, once you've been playing around there, everybody knows you've been there and you remain there forever. Yes. And there are traces of you everywhere. <laughs> and people can find you. Yes. And the, you reveal yourself over there at a time when you were blind. Now when the scales are off your eyes, you want it off and they say no. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. He says, give not thy strength to women or to men for that matter. Yes, don't give your strength to men. Amen. Amen. Yes, because men have a way of, you know, yeah. Men just have a way of destroying and ru- ruining women. 
Yes. Not just emotionally, but physically. You get it? Yes. You know, you have to understand that sometimes the things you attract to yourself are the things that destroy you. See, like sometimes people are like a rose flower. You get it? Every time people see a beautiful flower, they want to have it. But as soon as they have it, it starts to die. So you're better off left where you are. But as people pick you and pick you and pick you, you'll see all your petals start to fall. Yes. And as soon as the petals are off, everybody throws their flower away. Have you noticed that? Yes. People give you a bunch of flowers. It's so beautiful. And it sits there for some time. But as soon as it starts to go like that, and all flowers have that future. Uh, the only ones that have a brighter future are the ones that stay unplugged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't allow people to ruin your life. God has called us to glory and virtue. Amen. God has called us to make us even more beautiful. Your best life is in Christ Jesus. Your best life is in Christ Jesus. It's not as an unbeliever. It's your life in Christ. Go after that. And that will be a blessing to you. Amen. Let us pray. Let's begin to pray and thank God for today. Thank God for speaking to you. Tells the Lord, Lord, I hear you. You're speaking to me today and I hear you. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you. Yes. Thank you for your word. Thank you for ministering to us. Yes. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Now, maybe you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. If you raise your right hand, I'll pray with you. If you're watching us online, you can also raise your right hand right there and pray with us. Say with me, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe with my heart that you love me and you want the best for me. Say it again. Say, you want the best for me. So, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. Please forgive my sins. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Stay in my heart and help me to live for you. I choose to be your servant. I choose to be your child. I choose to serve you with all diligence. With all diligence, I choose to serve you and to give myself to you. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive my sins. 
and cleanse me from unrighteousness and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer and you meant it, that number on that screen is put there for you. And if you just send us a text message or call that number, someone will be with you and someone will help you to know what to do next. Amen. Right. But if you're in here at the end of the service, I'd like to see you and spend a few minutes with you. Amen. So don't leave in a hurry. God bless you. Put your hands together again for the Lord. And now we're going to have communion. Communion. Yes, Joao and D'Angelo, please help us with our communion today. Amen. Yes, those are our communion stars. Communion is a very important part of our service. Amen. And it is a time when we encounter the power of God. Hallelujah. Because the Bible does say that the bread represents the body of Jesus Christ. And the wine represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And this combination is lethal to the enemy. The devil hates it. But thankfully he can't stop us. Hallelujah. So I want you to take your communion. And we're going to join our pastor as he leads us from the flow church and as he prays for us amen you know we have a whole other church called flow church right and flow church runs throughout the week with special services we have prayer flow prayer on mondays and then also on mondays we have flow and camp isn't it flow and camp also on mondays and then um, on, on Thursdays, we also have flow prayer. And um, on Sunday morning, we also have flow church. Okay, so we're going to post all the flow uh, services on our church group so that every one of you will have access to it. Now, the great thing about flow is that no matter where you are, you can connect to a service. Amen. No matter what you're doing, you can connect to a service. You know, there are seasons when you just feel like God. You feel like you want to draw closer to God, isn't it? And you're looking for something that will be an aid that will help you. Do you see? The atmosphere that you create around you helps you approach God easier. Amen. And so, um, just take advantage of the flow provision and enjoy it. God has given it to us. We must utilize it. Amen? Amen. All right. So right now we'll go to the flow church and we'll join our pastor as the sing of the Holy Communion. For everyone at home in, host, in the hospital uh, couldn't go to church, uh, couldn't be anywhere, but it's part of this amazing flow service. We are praying that there will be healing and power administered to everyone. The body of Jesus Christ is yours this morning, afternoon, evening, 
receive your blessing, receive your healing, the body of Jesus Christ. any drink if you can get wine but if not whatever you can get it's a cup of blessings may the blessing of the holy lord rest upon you as you partake of the blood your sins your mistakes are forgiven your idle words are washed away by the blood and by the mercy of the lord Receive the cup of blessing in Jesus' name. Lift your hands for your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Um, May you. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. Yes. May the help of the Lord rest upon you. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Now, for everyone that is a minister, everyone that is a minister, may you be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Jesus. Fresh oil. Yes. According to the scripture, whatsoever you do shall prosper. Your church shall prosper. Amen. Your hands shall prosper. Amen. Your ministry shall prosper. Amen. The Lord bless your face to be an attractive face. Whoever sees your face will not be angry. In the name of Jesus. But will rather be attracted yes. to come to church and keep coming yes, and coming Lord. again. Yes, Lord. The Lord increase you. In the name of Jesus. Anyone with anxiety and fear. In Jesus' name. Yes. I see someone with pressure on your mind. Pressure in your soul. Receive healing from all forms of mental stress and pressure. Every symptom in your body, which is a symptom of stress and pressure, anxiety, depression, I rebuke that symptom. And I command healing. Receive healing. All your stresses, whether financial, marital, emotional, relationship stresses, receive healing from them and of them in the mighty name of Jesus. Your children, I pray concerning your children, every child which is a source of concern, the Lord establish that child in Jesus. The Lord rescue that child. The Lord cause your child and your children to be in the vineyard of the Lord and in the house of the Lord. I pray a blessing when, yes. wherever your, your child is lost, your child is far. Ah, the Lord sent his angel yes. to rescue your child and bring your child back home. Jesus. What is precious to you that the Lord has given? The Lord protect it. Yes, Lord. And the Lord protect him and yes, her yes, and keep them safe Lord. for you. I pray and I bless you 
and your family. May the blood of the Lamb cover your wall, your fence wall, and your gate. Let no evil come near you or come into you or come into your house in any form or fashion. The Lord lift up a shadow over your dwelling place and bless your house. There shall be no bad news or convoys of people coming or mourners yes. coming to your house yes, Lord. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Christ. Every black dress yes, that appears in your house yes, to Alambo is as a sign of mourning. We banish it now in the name, in of, the Jesus. name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Let rather brightness, life, and the sound of rejoicing, the sound of the bridegroom. And the sound of the bride in the name of and the Jesus. joy of the Lord yes. be your portion and your blessing. It. I receive it. I, I bless receive all it. my sons whom the Lord has given me in, in the, the church, in the ministry Bola of Jesus Christ, and my daughters, yes, Dashomahazam, and also my children's children in Diza Omasambala, be covered. Be healed of diseases, worrying conditions, autism, mental conditions, a frightening diagnosis, fearful words in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you, the Lord carry you through today, carry you through tomorrow, and help you in your journey. Be free of anxiety, be free of darkness, shake it off now. The Lord has blessed you in Jesus' name. I pray. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Wow. What a prayer. It's a blessing. Amen. Are you blessed today? How many are glad you came to church? We thank God. You may be seated as we close.